Welcome to the U.S. Economics Podcast with Mark Rogers. Mark is the Senior U.S. Economist for Econoday. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks. All right. We can't start this week without a recap of last week's disastrous jobs report. What, what stood out, Mark? Obviously, the first thing... Jobs rose at an incredibly meager 88,000 for the month after gaining 268,000 in February. That was way, way below what analysts expected, basically about 193,000 for March. Private payrolls gained only 95,000 after jumping 254,000 in January. And expectations were for a 200,000 gain. So it's incredibly disappointing. Also saw government jobs declining 7,000. But the curious thing is, you, you might assume it's related to sequestration, but it wasn't, it was due to uh, retirement and layoffs at the U.S. Postal Service, which showed an 11,700 decrease in jobs. So at this point, the impact from sequestration is not even really shown up. The unemployment rate, in spite of these uh, disappointing jobs numbers, actually declined to 7.6% from 7.7% in February. Um, and the markets did not see that as favorable. Why was that? It's, it's the details. The unemployment rate comes from the household survey. It's quite a bit different from the payroll survey. It's a smaller survey also. But the unemployment rate depends not just on the number of those employed, but also the number of those in the labor force. So for the latest month, household employment fell 206,000 after a 170,000 gain the month before. But more importantly, the labor force dropped even faster, down almost half a million, down 496,000 after 130,000 dip in February. So basically, we're seeing more of the discouraged worker effect come into play. The labor force participation rate is at its lowest since May 1979. Okay, you answered my question. That you're, you're saying basically almost a half a million people left the labor force. That's what you call discouraged workers. That's right. Basically half a million workers just quit looking for a job. We shift to the Fed and what is going on with the Fed? It seems like some Fed speakers are making the markets very nervous right now. That's true for last week. And basically, the key issue is that monetary policy takes time to have impact. So whether one on the Fed is a dove or a hawk, they're all anticipating how long it takes for changes in policy to have impact. Those who are on the more hawkish side of the Fed are concerned that unwinding needs to take place sooner than later 
in this past week, we had a few Fed speakers suggest that if conditions improve, quantitative easing could decelerate. Emphasis on decelerate, not decline. There is a difference. Decelerate. Uh, by before the end of two of this year. Where do you think that stands now? Well, those comments were before Friday, and after Friday's employment report, it's fairly obvious that the odds have gone down that quantitative easing will decelerate sooner than later. You know, it's it's, it's all about what the incoming data are going to show, but. Um, Friday's employment report is certainly going to make the Hawks rethink timing issues. All right, well, let's um, shift gears um, and look at this week's upcoming economic news. Uh, after last week's disappointing, I guess that's the best word, employment report, this week's focus of attention is likely the retail sales report for March. What should we look for there? The big concern is whether the slower employment growth and higher, and higher payroll taxes will cut into retail sales. Just for a quick re recap for perspective, uh, sales in Febru February were strong, uh, came in overall at 1.1% after a rise of 0.2% in January. What the key concern this month is, there, there is a lot going on in terms of cross-currents and detail. More than usual, we're going to have to look at the detailed components of retail sales, which come out. Earnings season kicks off, and I know everybody's going to want to know what you are watching. It all matters. It's, it's the big picture, but we, we do get trickling out of key company numbers and we start off with uh, today we're we're taping today Monday afternoon Alcoa was scheduled for release later today and uh, markets will be watching those numbers or at this point have evaluated them and Alcoa can give an indication of how the manufacturing sector is headed. On Wednesday, I'm going to be paying attention to Bed Bath & Beyond, CarMax, Family Dollar Stores, and Ruby Tuesday. Why is that? Those can give an indication of how well the consumer sector is doing. Then on Thursday, there are more consumer-related companies posted including Pier 1 and Rite Aid. Again, these may give an indication of how strong the consumer sector is. But we also start seeing some news on the banking sector, even if some of the names are not that well known. Of course, there's Commerce Bank Shares, and then there's the Regional Bank of the Ozark. One's large, one is not so large. But they both may give indications of how the banking sector is doing. And then on Friday, the big, the big one for the banking sector, at least for this week, is J.P. Morgan Chase. Well, Mark, as always, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us. 
Thank you. We'll see you next week.